Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Saturday night get-together here on CBS Sports Radio. Jody Mack coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. You know, we're rocketing out to the start of the National Football League season. Believe it or not, in five days, we've got Hall of Fame game action on Thursday night. Here to give us a perspective on one of the two teams playing, Jacksonville Jaguars, that would be, would be Demetrius Harvey, Jags beat writer for Big Cat Country. Dot com. Demetrius, thanks for jumping on board. How's your summer been? No problem. It's been pretty good. You know, it's been a little hectic, but you know, at the same time, I found some time to relax a little bit. But I'm excited to get back into football. You're ready to get to work. Now, uh, I'll bet you weren't ready to go back to high school to cover the Jags this year, <laughs> but that's exactly what's happened. Tell us the backstory as to why you're heading off to high school every day. Right, yeah, the Jaguars are practicing at the Episcopal School of Jacksonville. It's a high school, a private high school in, in Jacksonville. And um, basically, you know, the, the team is getting ready to open up its next uh, training facility. You know, it's going to open up in July next year. And in order to do that, they had to basically tear down all of what they had for the practice fields at TIAA Bank Field. And so there's nothing to practice on. Um, they had to sort of, you know, go out, and I think this process began last year. They had to go out and find a um, suitable place to play. They had to go out and resod the entire field. Two fields, I believe, um, used to be, you know, for volleyball and uh, softball and, and a bunch of other sports. But you know, they they ended up going out and resodding the entire field. Uh, they got a whole bunch of other uh, amenities, and and you know, they're they're out there finally on the field you know, for training camp. So it's been a, a lengthy process, but they, they figured it out and, you know, they're going to be excited to open up their Miller electric field next year. And for the high school, they get two new fields out of it and probably mm-hmm. a check as well. So they do okay. Cause <laughs> kids are out of school anyway, and the Jags will be gone before the kids come back to school. But mm-hmm. are the facilities even up to snuff for what an NFL team should have, or are they doing this kind of on a shoestring? I'll be honest, you know, um, when I, before this all happened, I thought that it was going to be, you know, one of those where you're kind of worried if you're the Jaguars, if players are going to get hurt, you know, going out on this field. But um, if you go out on that field, it's, 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 um, you can't really determine the difference between that field and the field they were practicing on before. It was really well done. They did a fantastic job resodding it. They got a professional, obviously, um, athletic field company to come out and, and do that and it, it looks like it's holding up really well so um they've actually done a really good job it, it feels like you know a normal facility it feel, feels like they um should be there it doesn't feel you know amateurs so i think that that was the uh plan i think that they've executed it the high level high school uh field aside how much mm-hmm. more professional has the first couple of weeks of preseason been this year as compared mm-hmm. to last year for jacksonville uh, it's been uh, night and day if you talk to the players. You know, they they talk about the professionalism that Doug Peterson shows and has uh, shown them. You know, Doug, uh, Josh Allen came out earlier last week or earlier this week, depending on how you want to look at it, uh, and said, you know, hey, the, he treats us like men, you know, and I think that was sort of 
um, you know, a callback to last year with Urban Meyer and how he belittled his players. He um, yelled at them. He even made a player cry, you know, according to DJ Chark, who, you know, spoke to the athletic, you know, not too long ago. So it was a mixture of um, terrible uh, play and terrible organizational lead last year with Urban Meyer. And this year, it just seems like it's much more professional. I think that this is exactly the type of coach that Jacksonville needs. They need somebody who actually, you know, has a coach in the NFL and they need somebody who's going to treat them professionally, treat them like men, um, have them go out. It, it's a really well-run practice. They know where to go. They don't need to have somebody on the PA system telling them where to go or when to hydrate. You know, it, it's it's very well run. I think that this is, a, you know, a, completely, a complete 180 from last year. All right, so the Jaguars got their offseason going in the right direction by getting a Super Bowl-winning coach to say, yes, I'll come down and take over the Jags. And then they made a big splash in free agency, signing Christian Kirk away from the Arizona Cardinals. Mm -hmm. And when he first signed, I know my first reaction was, how much are they paying Christian Kirk? Because I liked him, and I thought he was a nice player. I thought he was a good free agent, available wide receiver, but the Jags kind of blew everybody out of the water. But then mm-hmm. Devontae Adams got his extension, and uh, Tyreek Hill got his extension, and mm-hmm. uh, A.J. Brown got his extension in Philadelphia. <laughs> I said, well, I guess the price of poker has really gone up on wide receivers. So now that <laughs> what they paid Christian Kirk doesn't look as out of the way as it did when it first came down. Mm-hmm. How big a conversation was it when it first came down in Jacksonville, and has it changed because of the way wide receivers now being paid in the league? It was a huge conversation. I mean, you heard it. You know, everybody was talking about how this was a complete overpay, which, I mean, if you look at it, you know, objectively, it was a complete overpay. I mean, that's what you do in free agency. Um, What it boiled down to basically was Jacksonville had, you know, a certain number of players on their board, and they said, okay, we're going to go after this guy. If he hits free agency, we're going to go after that guy. None of the guys that they ended up wanting to get like a Mike Williams, you know, uh, ended up in free agency after all. So the next on the list is Christian Kirk. In order to go out and get that kind of guy, you have to pay an absurd amount of money. Um, in order to get that guy in Jacksonville, you probably have to pay a little bit more than that. And so that's sort of what it boiled down to. Um, that's pretty much the entire conversation on what went down uh, this off season. And, you know, it, it, it was valid. You know, this is a guy who's never had a 1,000-yard receiving season uh, he's had some touchdown production over his years, but he's never shown the um, ability, at least on the field so far, to be that number one guy. And you're paying him that much money to be that number one guy. You know, it's not like you can come in and say, okay, he's only going to be a little contributor. No, he has to be a guy who can come in and step in and be a difference maker on the field. So I think that that's sort of the conversation and what it led to. Once the guys started getting paid, I think a lot of people, at least in Jacksonville, um, especially from the fan base, they sort of, you know, laid off of it a little bit. Um, but, you know, it's still a, a big thing. And I think that this is going to be something that's going to be brought up week one, you know, as Christian Kirk goes through the season, it's going to be brought up. I don't think it's going to go away necessarily unless he has a big game or, you know, several, uh, which at that point, then everybody will forget about it. We're talking to Demetrius Harvey from uh... – BigCatCountry.com, Jack's beat writer here with us on CBS Sports Radio. All right, you mentioned Josh Allen earlier, the young stud edge rusher for the Jaguars. He's mm-hmm. acting like a uh, grown man, like he describes uh, the way Doug Peterson has been treating he and his teammates in that mm-hmm. I've heard he's done really good things taking 
Teron Walker, the number one overall pick in the draft, and uh, now on the other side, young stud pass rusher to play opposite him. How much have those two been uh, tied at the hips here in preseason? Oh, it's been, you know, every day, all day. You know, as soon as we hit the practice field in the morning, you know, they, they start at about 8, you know, 40, 8.50, something like that. Um, they're they're working together. And, and then even after practice, they're working together. The, these are guys are uh, clearly tied at the hip. They're, they're going to be together for a very long time. At least that's what Jacksonville hopes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, you know, uh, Trayvon's sort of taken to the teaching of Josh Allen. You know, he said the other day, um, he's a great player. He said he's a unicorn, and, and it's that type of player that he wants to, um, you know, stand next to. He wants to uh, learn from. So, you know, I think that that sort of relationship it has been building. It's continuing to build. I think Josh Allen has um, a lot of high hopes for Trayvon Walker, and, and, you know, Josh Allen has a lot of high hopes for himself, too. He said he wanted to be the best defensive player in the NFL, and I think that that guy has, you know, certainly has the talent, the raw talent to do that. It's just about if he can be consistent, if he can put it all together. But for right now, you know, that those guys are, are tied at the hip, and, and I think that we're going to see a lot of that uh, moving forward. We mentioned that uh, Walker, number one overall pick in the draft, mm-hmm. second-round pick, not too shabby either, getting Devin Lloyd, the linebacker mm-hmm. from Utah, who was right there with N'Kobe Dean, who was going to go one, who was going to go two as far as linebackers went. It ended up being Lloyd, and uh, N'Kobe Dean kind of dropped, and I think the Eagles got very lucky to get him in the third mm-hmm. round. But uh, mm-hmm. is Lloyd going to be force-fed into the lineup? What you've seen the first couple of weeks, no force-feeding mm-hmm. needed. He looked like every bit the player he was at Utah. How is he going to be used this year by the Jacks? Yeah, I would imagine um, actually Lloyd's been out um, with a hamstring injury over the over the course of training camp so far. He actually tweaked it during the conditioning drills pro- just prior to practices starting on Monday. Um, so you know he hasn't been on, on the field. You know, but before that though, he was inserted into the starting lineup, and I can expect that uh, to be the case. You know, moving forward once he does return, I think that this is a guy who. Uh, lives, eats, and breathes football. I mean, he, he's always around football. He loves to study it. He was begging for a playbook even during his first press conference, even before he got to um, TIA Bank Field for the first time. He wanted to just get going. Um, so this is a guy that, that definitely worked hard. I think that they need a guy in there um, next to Lucan, and, and I think that they, you know, that person, you know, I think that that's why they wanted to trade up in the first round to get him. Um, he's absolutely the, the type of leader on defense that you would want. You know, obviously, I'm a Utah show that. But, yeah, I guess we're, we're going to have to see, you know, wait and see how exactly he fits, um, you know, once we can actually see him on the field. But, you know, so far during spring and things like that, he was a team starter, and I think that that's going to continue. All right. I asked you about two rookies. I'm going to ask you about a third guy who could be considered a rookie since he didn't play last year, but was mm-hmm. a draft pick the previous year. That's Travis at the end prior mm-hmm. to his injury, which cost him the entire season. The Jags were mm-hmm. considering using him as a wide receiver, splitting him out, taking him out of the backfield. I didn't quite understand why, but as the season played on, we found out about Urban Meyer. It started to make some sense, the fact that it didn't make any sense. Um, this year looks like they're planning on using him, certainly back in the backfield, at least some. Is he taking mm-hmm. some reps at wide receiver? What is Travis Etienne, if healthy's role, going to be on the Jaguars this season? So far, I mean, he's in the backfield. They'll split him out sometimes. They'll you know, motion him around. They'll 
they'll have some tricky plays sort of to to attack the defense with him. I think that he's a guy that's going to be used all over the field. Uh, but primarily, he's been playing running back. You know, his his standard position. He's a guy who can come in and make one cut, and then all of a sudden he's he's up the field and gone. Um, and I think that he's shown that coming out from his Liz Frank injury that he suffered last year. I think there was a lot of question marks. You know, what was he going to be? Is he going to be the same Travis Etienne that, that as he was at Clemson? Is he going to be that guy who can get sixteen hundred yards, or is he going to be? a sort of muted version of himself because of that injury. And I think that everybody knows uh, the Liz Frank is sort of a devastating injury for at least a lot of older running backs. But from what he's shown, um, it doesn't even seem like he was injured before. You know, he seems like a guy who comes in and he looks like a first-round pick. I would have to say um, absolutely he looks like the best player on their offense right now, aside from Trevor Lawrence and maybe tied with them. He just looks that explosive. You know, obviously we have a lot of time to go. Um, they get pads on tomorrow, so we're going to find out a lot more. But for right now, he just seems like the most explosive player they have. That's good to hear. All right, Trevor Lawrence is a either Etienne or Trevor Lawrence. Uh, last year, a lot of growing pains for Trevor Lawrence. No one knows how much that needs to be attributed to the questionable coaching that he was getting. Uh, new coaching staff, second year, more experience. What does Trevor Lawrence look significantly better doing this year that he didn't do last year? I think he's uh, taken his time a lot more. You know, that, that can kind of hurt him sort of in the red zone, but I think he's sitting back in the pocket and he's, you know, evaluating where he wants to throw with the football. The other day he actually had no footballs drop on, on the ground in team drills. That's seven on seven, 11 on 11s. Um, and that was sort of because he took what the defense gave him and he checked it down when he needed to. He went underneath when he needed to, and then he went deep when he needed to. And I think that that's sort of the – development that they want to see the progression from him um, from last year to this year to be able to you know see something on on tape and then go back the next day and sort of correct it I think that that's something that um, he's clearly grown at you know where he needs to improve still is is in the red zone they they were um, not good at all on Thursday in the red zone and then he sort of bounced back um, today in the red zone but you know that they didn't really practice it too too much today so it, it was just a a mixture the past couple of days, but, you know, the first few days he, he looked on fire. I think that it's something, you know, moving forward, they just want to see a little bit more progress from him. And obviously he's going to need a lot more help from his receivers this year. All right, they get it underway with the Raiders, the 2022 NFL season with the Hall of Fame game on Thursday. Good thing for this team, as young as they are, I guess it's almost a rhetorical question. Maybe I should ask it. Why is this a good thing that the Jaguars are going to get an extra preseason game over everyone except the Raiders in the NFL this year? They need it. I mean, it's not necessarily a roster that has to be completely reshaped, but it's a young team. They need the reps. They need guys to go out there and play significant downs. Um, they need to see a couple guys, you know, on that back half of the roster and if they need to, you know, make a move to have them make the team over some other guys that maybe you thought were already, you know, slated to make it. So um, it's definitely necessary. It's a young team. It's a new coaching staff. It's kind of the perfect situation for them to be in right now. Um, I think it's ideal. And uh, in season, the Jaguars once again 
going back across the pond. They've got another mm-hmm. London game this year. They have basically become London's home team in the National mm-hmm. Football League and understand the reasoning behind because the Jaguars are one of the teams that isn't guaranteed to sell out uh, often the way other teams mm-hmm. in the NFL do. Made a lot of sense when they started getting year after year after year assignment. Is there going to come a point where they're going to go, all right, we've served our purpose. We're actually a good team now, maybe under Trevor Lawrence. They can become a playoff team and a legit contender. Uh, Will the Jags at some point tell the NFL, listen, we carried your water long enough. No more London games for us. Um, Genuinely, I I don't know, and I don't necessarily think so. I think that this is something that um, Shad Khan – loves i think that he wants them to you know play in london at least one game a year i think that he knows that that is a revenue booster he's a big businessman the guy um understands money very well and i think that he knows that this is something that um is going to help him and his his franchise moving forward now you know say they do win a super bowl and they start to sell out perhaps that might change but um from what everything that they've said um and how it's sort of been going the last several years I don't see them um, at least soon, you know, opting out of London. If anything, um, the NFL would tell them to opt out rather than the Jaguars asking to be opted out of London. Mm. So um, I think that that's sort of the direction it's heading. Now, will they move to London? No, that will never happen. But um, I do think that they are going to continue to play one game in London a year um, until further notice. And they can uh, lay claim to being the international stars of the National yep. Football League because they play more <laughs> international games than anybody else. Well, hey, you got 17 games coming your way this year, Demetrius. They can't mm-hmm. be as bad as last year. you got to see improvement this year with Coach Peterson in the second year, Trevor Lawrence. So enjoy. We'll probably get you on some point during the year. Thanks for coming on with the preseason preview. Absolutely. Have a good weekend. Demetrius Harvey from BigCatCountry.com for you Jag fans out there. Good Jaguars website. All right, Jody Mack coming back. We'll continue to talk National Football League. You want to jump back over to baseball? That's cool with me. We've got a bunch of different topics working on the phones. You tell me, 855-212-4227. The Mac Man here with you on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.